Luke chapter 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they didn't believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. This is the word of the Lord. On the 31st of March, 1941, sirens cried out in Auschwitz, the concentration camp. A prisoner had escaped. They didn't find him. But as a punishment the guards decided randomly to pick ten men to send them off to the starvation bunker. They called them out one by one. The ninth man was a man called Francis Gaunicek. And as he heard his name called out, he crumpled. And he cried out, my poor wife, my poor children. At that point, the rest of the prisoners who had been gathered to watch this. From that crowd came a man, a little man, who came forward and said, I am a Roman Catholic priest. I have got no wife. I have got no children. I will take your place. And he stepped forward as man number nine. The tenth man was called and they were all taken off to the starvation bunker, and eventually they all died. Francis Gaunicek, however, lived, and he lived until 1995. And he lived his life knowing that he was only alive because of the sacrifice that Maximilian Kolbe had made, the Roman Catholic priest who stood in his place. Can you imagine living your life knowing you are only there 
because of the sacrifice that someone has made. And so Francis Gaunitschek lived in that reality. He spent most of his life speaking wherever he could about the sacrifice of Maximilian Kolbe. And in 1971, Kolbe was made a saint. And in St. Peter's Square, Francis Gaunitschek stood as he heard the story of the sacrifice of this man. He lived his life until the day of his death, recognizing the sacrifice that Colby had made for him. You cannot live other than that, can you? If you are alive because of the sacrifice that someone else has made, it changes everything. But that is how we live. That is the reality, not as stark as that situation in Auschwitz. But that is the reality that we are living in, the reality of Good Friday. That we live in relationship with God, living the lives that we know we can have because of what Jesus has done for us. That should change who we are and how we live our life. And that is Good Friday. But what about today? What about Easter? And what difference does Easter make? And I wonder if sometimes we stay at the reality of the cross. We live our lives in recognition of all that Jesus has done for us. And we accept the grace of God. And that's wonderful. And we should never, ever deny that. But I wonder whether we run the risk of staying at the cross and never moving forward to the resurrection. Because they come hand in hand. And the resurrection opens up something new. Yes, Jesus died, but today he is not here. He has risen. And therefore we should be living in the reality of Easter. What does that mean and what does that look like? Bishop Andrew has written an Easter message and I've pulled out some of the bits that he's said in it. I was very fortunate. I was planning this sermon and I happened to get an email through and I thought he's saying exactly what I want to say but a hundred times better. So, So this is what he says. It's at the top of the list of our gardening jobs this spring to remove a rather neglected olive tree from a pot that it's seriously outgrown and to plant it into one of the beds in the garden. The tree is still alive, of course, but the roots are turning in on themselves and the tree is rather stunted as a result. Certainly any chance of the thing bearing fruit is wishful thinking. And there's something about Jesus' ministry culminating in the events of Holy Week and Easter which reminds me powerfully of that olive tree. For Jesus had the extraordinary gift of calling people out of a pot-bound existence and transplanting them into the spacious field of God's purpose for their lives. Jesus had the extraordinary gift of calling people out of a pot-bound existence and transplanting them into the spacious field of God's purpose for their lives. That was true of Peter and Andrew, James and John, called to leave their villages and fishing businesses so as to go out into all the world and become fishers of people. 
It was true of Matthew, the tax collector, and the rich young man as well, called to put behind them a materialistically pot-bound existence so as to discover life in all its fullness. And even the confines of death itself, that most fearful and claustrophobic of all pots, were burst asunder by Jesus on the first Easter morning, so displaying the fullest implication of Jesus' own words, if the Son sets you free, you shall be free indeed. The difference that Easter makes is that death is defeated and we are free. We are free not to be pot-bound. We are free to know life in all its fullness, which relates to living in the grace that we receive at the cross, but takes on a new reality when death is defeated through the resurrection. Because Jesus is alive. He is not dead. He is alive. And we are called to live in the reality of that existence. But where have we become pot-bound? Where have we ceased to live as citizens of the kingdom? It should be pouring through us every day. Easter day is every day. The joy of people coming in this morning, the reality of the, what we are celebrating today should fire us every single day. Death is defeated. Jesus is alive. He is alive. And everything he said about himself when he walked on this earth is true today. Everything that we know about Jesus is true today. And we can know that in our lives. He is our light. He is the gate through which we meet the Father. He is the bread of life. He's our good shepherd. He is the resurrection and the life. Am I living in that reality? Or am I pot-bound? I don't want to be pot-bound. And Easter is about new life and growth. The church calendar, I grew up learning the church calendar, it begins at Advent, which is late November or early December. It's not a calendar year, as we know it. The church year begins in Advent. It moves to Christmas, and then through Epiphany to Lent. Climax is Easter, followed by Pentecost. And the rest of the year is called ordinary time. Slightly odd. But the rest of the year is often more than six months, depending on when Easter falls. Ordinary time is the bulk of the church's year. And it's a really unfortunate title, because it sounds mundane, it sounds boring. We put the green back up, and we think, oh, here we are again, waiting until Advent. But if we understand what the church calendar is about, we move through the journey of Jesus to live the bulk of our lives in the reality of Easter through the power of the Spirit at Whitson. Ordinary time is the bulk of what we do and what we live as Christians. But we don't live it waiting for Advent. We live it in the reality of what we celebrate today. And it's not mundane. It's not boring. It is the most exciting way to live. We've moved from death to life, from winter 
to spring, from despair to hope, from the cross to the empty tomb. That is what ordinary time means. He is not here. He is risen. And we're called to live in that truth and reality as Easter people. Love overcame, emerging from a cold tomb. All the truth, majesty and creativity of a living God transforming a broken heart, making a quiet return in a still and sorrowful garden. The gravestone rolled away to release redemptive love. Jesus resurrected and restored, comforts a weeping woman, speaks with travellers on a journey, meets with his faithful friends, and they bow down before Christ alive and acknowledge that the Saviour has arrived, that the word of God has come alive and that the extraordinary transformation of heaven and earth is complete. Amen.